you now to your regularly scheduled program. Hey everybody, this is Josh Martin. And I'm Marty Hyde. Hey, how you doing? Welcome to the Tattoos and Jesus podcast. I am very happy to be here. Here at TNJ, we seek to blend the righteous with the ridiculous. Please explain. We discuss coffee, counseling, Christianity, and whatever else crosses our mind. We hope you enjoy it. Okay, let's go. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back. Tattoos and Jesus. 50. This is episode 50. 50. I'm sure y'all heard the new brand spanking new intro music. I'm sure that probably probably hyped you up just as much as it did us. We have to give a shout out to our um, unpaid, unofficial intro outro. There's one coming. There's an outro coming, so listen to the end of the show. Homeless Jimmy came in clutch for us mm-hmm. with some uh, some media genius. Yes. So we... We went in, did a little, little, little take here and there with Jimmy. Created a nice little intro, little outro, um, and so we are. I mean, we're clean. I mean, I'm sure. Did did anybody notice anything different about when they clicked the episode? Yeah, speaking of clean, listen, we have some amazing. So we're just gonna do a short little blur because we have the interview of the half century today. Yes, the interview that embodies. The, the name, the the show, Josh and I, it is Tattoos and Jesus, so we don't want to spend too much time getting ready before we launch into the interview, um, but we've got a couple cool announcements like Josh just alluded to. We've got an awesome intro, and we have an amazing new graphic, brand new logo, Tattoos and Jesus. Josh, mm. tell us about this logo. Yeah, so we got a friend, his name is Zane Moyer, and so he Zane is... A media teacher at Dorman High School, and he worked. Shout in, out Cavaliers. He worked in the NFL for a long time. Uh, actually, won a Super Bowl with the Eagles doing media and video design, graphic design. And so we reached out to him to to kind of help us out with our um, with our logo situation. He he went back and forth. Also, shout out to Zane, unpaid um, outside of outside of some certain certain goods that we we got coming up that marty will tell you about in a minute but um so it's a nice clean logo we showed it to everybody um before we posted it on 50 everybody loved it so this is our brand new logo so if you don't love it you're wrong exactly but we also have some more exciting news listen if you have if you haven't stumbled upon this in your random searches (laughs) What I want you to do is I want you to go to Google, go to your browser. I want you to type in tattoosandjesus.org. We have officially launched a brand new website where you guys can just see about the podcast. Um, and what you're going to notice is a tab that says coffee. And you're going to see a logo called the Dirty Brew Coffee because we are officially announcing the launch of our own coffee brand. Dirty Brew Coffee in conjunction with Little River Roasting, who is our supplier. We have our very first episode, or our very first coffee for this episode uh, that Josh and I went over to Little River a few weeks ago. Our buddy Tyler, who was on the show a few weeks ago, um, sat us down, let us try some of their beans, and we were able to pick out a bean that we felt like we wanted 
um, to kind of launch us. So, Josh, how would you describe this this coffee? We're sitting here drinking it now. We are brewing. We literally picked this up yesterday, right? And so most of you guys know we record this show in advance. The intro, the, what you're listening to us talk is the day of the release. This is <clears throat> April 28, 2022. We're doing the intro live the day episode 50 drops. We just picked up the coffee yesterday. We're drinking our very first cup from the first bag as we speak, Josh, how would, what is this coffee? Um, so, first of all, happy NFL Draft Day, everybody. Go Chargers. And we we wanted to um, – well, another shout-out to Zane. He also designed our Dirty Brew logo. That's and right. so, um, you know, he, he, he really came through with the logos for us. And so we sent it over to Little River. They printed it off and – um, we we had a poll, anonymous poll, you know, with some some close followers of ours for the name. That's right. And the name of our coffee is Marty. All right, so let me. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, here's okay. the the coffee. It's a Sumatra because if you guys listen to us, you know we love Sumatra. It's a darker roast coffee, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's Sumatra, and in conjunction with Ethiopian light. Which has really strong blueberry flavors. So as we drink this, what you're going to notice is it's a, a darker roast coffee, medium dark. I'm going to call it a medium dark roast coffee that has some subtle to moderate, depending on how your brewing method, blueberry flavor. All right. So all that said, the very first T and J Dirty Brew Coffee brand is Brewberry. <laughs> <laughs> I give you one yes. Who came up with the name Brewberry? And everyone voted it yes. And everyone voted it yes. We do have some. We do have some. We're not going to announce these names. We have some solid names for other coffees that we can this contribute. W- this to. won't be our only coffee. But let me announce at episode fifty special. We have purchased some bags for giveaway purposes. So if you are an avid TG T and J listener. And you reach out to us. The first five people who reach out to Josh or I will get a complimentary bag of Brewberry Dirty Brew Coffee. Uh, we may even autograph it. Yeah, we 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 may we may give you that depending on depending on the person. Uh, but um, so we not Adam Ellison. He <laughs> no, is yeah, yeah Adam definitely Adam, not Adam. Adam's all Adam doesn't count towards this con- <laughs> except Adam Ellison. Um, so we got, okay, so dirty brew review time for our mm-hmm. dirty brew coffee. Brew, brew berry. berry. is currently happening, and we have a fresh cup. We, Me and Marty sat there and talked, and we went through a few different coffee. Like, Ty, shout out to Tyler. Tyler really went through he, it for he us. Pulled, he turned out he the turned, red carpet. Yeah, he... he he sat us down at a little little personal table, you know. He he whipped up a bunch of these coffees through his own pour over method. He let us try like six, seven different coffees, and we landed on on this one as as That's right. our. We what we really like is honestly, I'd kind of forgotten what it t- tasted like because we tried so many. But as I'm sitting here trying it, it's really what we love in coffee. Um, I don't know that everyone will love it because some people don't like the fruity pools. Mm-hmm. Uh, that coffee can go, but I really, really like this because it tastes like a medium dark roast coffee, which we both really enjoy. Yeah. Um, but then, if you pay attention, there is a a very noticeable blueberry flavor 
kind of on the back end of, mm. of a of a cup. And are you picking that up? Yeah. So what? Um, if if you listen, if you go back and listen to Tyler's um, interview, he mentions a Ethiopian coffee that's absolutely his favorite coffee of all coffee of all time, mm-hmm. and it's very blueberry forward. So when you smell it, when you brew it, when you drink it, you can. I mean, it hit yeah. the blueberry hits you. It's almost sour. Yeah. When we tried it, it's almost sour. It's like you don't expect that in coffee. Uh, it's sour, and then there's a really strong blueberry flavor. And this is a hybrid of that bean. Yes. And Josh is looking at me funny. I thought it was a Sumatra bean. Okay, we'll go with that. But it's a dark roast. It's a medium it's dark a- roast bean hybrided with it. So you get a really smooth, strong, mm. but not the sour, not the weirdness that a lot of people don't like. Yeah, and so what? And what he said is, for the Ethiopian, you can't really do much with it as far as cream and sugar goes. But with this one, you still get the blueberries, but it's it's on the back end and yeah. it's subtle. It's like a subtle hint. You can smell it. So if you put this coffee, if you if you're not able to taste it, brew you another coffee, put it side by side, taste the taste the uh, blueberry coffee, and then taste like a regular medium roast, and you'll you'll tell the difference if they're side by side. That's right. And so it's still a medium to dark roast initially. It's nothing overpowering, but it's got that hint. Um, of blueberry towards the end and you can actually smell it more in the bag and in the bean then you'll probably be able to taste it in the coffee but it's there and it's yeah. it's top notch it, once he brought it out for us and once he described it to us now that i'm saying it, i think it is it was sumatra thank you mixed thank with you. the ethiopian because it was like a perfect blend and he brought it out it's the last one we tried and we tried it and we we're like yeah that one's it we're done show's over this is this is our this is our blend this is our bean this is it. Yeah. So, one to ten. Five's kind of neutral. Josh, what what is the first sip feeling, Dirty Brew Review, what is your score on Brewberry Coffee? Dirty Brew Coffee, Brewberry. In honor of how I personally feel about this coffee, and NFL, NFL Draft Day. By far, best draft pick the Chargers has ever got is Joey Bosa, and Joey Bosa is 97. I'm going 9.7 for the Brewberry Coffee. This stuff is absolutely 100% delicious. In honor of who I am in every coffee review, I can't give it a 4.3. I'm going to give it a 9.43. 9.43. Gotcha. I thought you were going to go in honor of your favorite team and Baker Mayfield. You're going to give it a 10. So Baker Mayfield. He's old news at this point. <laughs> so 9-7. Oh. Plus 9-4-3. Oh. 9-5-7. Brewberry Coffee. Highest rated coffee. In the world. Not biased. In the Not biased at all. Zero, unbiased review. Zero. Unbiased. Zero completely bias. Zero bias. Best logo we've ever seen on a coffee bag, unbiased. Best That's coffee right. company on the world, unbiased. Tyler Gibbs. All right, guys, listen. We've got to wrap this thing up because we have an interview for you that this show, you probably already know, this show's longer than any other show that we've put out. We did not want to skimp uh, with episode 50, and so bear with us. Listen to it at speed and a half. Do whatever you have to, but we wanted to make this show special for us as episode 50. And so we have Mr. Philip Haller, 
who we met with a couple weeks ago and recorded an interview. Most people don't know who Philip is. Philip is my tattoo artist, right? So Philip is a person of strong faith, but then also is uh, a tattoo artist. And so literally he is Tattoos in Jesus and part of what kind of prompted the name. And so we've talked a lot about tattoos, talk a lot about our faith, amongst other things. And we thought, what better interview for episode 50 um, than the living legend himself, Mr. Holler. And so Josh and I had a wonderful time meeting with him, um, hearing his story. And we hope that y'all have an, uh, also a, a wonderful time listening as well. Um, and so have we announced it? Have we crossed all the T's, dotted all the I's? Do we have any other announcements? I think that's it. I that's think it. that's coffee. I mean, that is, this is episode. This is that's what right. we've been waiting Brew on. Bear, so we've got coffee. Uh, we've website, got a website, new logo, new logo, new intro, new outro, new intro, new outro, new interview, T and J Studios. So, and we might have a little something in the pocket for later on, but we're gonna say that's it. right. We've got some other ideas that we're brewing. Dad right, joke. Yeah, we're done. We're done. Cut this off. All right, guys. Listen, we hope that you enjoy the interview with Philip. Um, you know, cheers to another 50. Uh, we're already brainstorming some ideas for episode 100. (laughs) So we hope that y'all enjoy, enjoy the episode. Um, y'all take care and, uh, and we'll catch up with you with episode 51 next week. All right, guys, like we, uh, you just heard on the intro to the podcast, we have a huge interview today. Really, really excited. Um, all the way up in North Carolina, we have um, the legend that is Philip Holler. Philip, how are you doing today, brother? Doing great, man. Can't complain at all. Cannot. So, uh, most people may not immediately know the name Philip, but they know the work of of what you do, and that is you're my tattoo artist. Yes, sir. Right? You yes, put sir. over the last what eighteen months or so. We finished up about four or five months ago. Um, did my whole sleeve on my arm. And in that process, we got talking and stuff. And I was launching this podcast with Josh and we're like, dude, I need to get you on the podcast. And what better time to do it is today. Episode 50. Um, Big five. That's right. (laughs) So just for clarification, Philip, tell everybody where you work, you know, where you practice. We'll get into the history and the tattoos and stuff, but just where is it you're at? Uh, right now I'm at Wicked Needle. It is in Rutherfordton, North Carolina. Uh, been here for going on three years now, and including my apprenticeship. Uh, I think I'll be at three years, June the 19th of this year, actually. So. Okay. So a big day coming up for you. Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome. Uh, and so even this morning at the gym, I had a guy stop me. He said, dude, where do you get your work done at? Yeah. And uh, – and I said, we well, got to check them out. I said, all those guys that we can needle <clears throat> do great work. All of them. I said, but my guy is Philip. That's who you need to look up. Yes, sir. So anyway, well, a lot of people, I know that in the, in just being up there in the shop for you for, I, I calculated 24 hours. We spent 24 hours together. Okay. To do the sleeve, right? You hear a lot yep. of conversation going on. And so I know that a lot of the questions I'm going to ask you are, are common questions that you hear probably on a daily basis, especially from people getting first time tattoos. Right. They oh, yeah. walk. They walk. It's like it's like going into Chinatown in New York. It's like such a novelty or something that you're like, yeah. oh, let's ask the most obvious question possible, because I don't know. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And everybody's already so nervous that they just start firing off like weird, yeah. random, like yeah. off the wall questions. Who, who tattoos a tattoo artist? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> very, very run of the mill questions. Where's the most painful place to get a tattoo? I don't know. What's the no, most? That's probably the, number one. I was going to say, one. what's the most popular question you get? What's the most painful? Either that or is this going to hurt? <laughs> those are the two those are the two like just out there you know and even yeah. even when you answer it i think people because tattoos have gotten to be more socially acceptable some people will ask it rhetorically and they've already seen like a pain scale sheet or chart on twitter or pinterest or something and they'll ask you and my response uh, for myself is always the side of my head and they'll be like, well, that wasn't on my pain chart. And it, <laughs> it throws their understanding of the pain chart on. Yeah. yeah. And I wish we could record <clears throat> this because I, I would make you show the audience. But you have a sweet looking piece that is on the side of your head. That's actually relatively new. It's one of your newer pieces, isn't it? Uh, you got it last year. No, year before last, right before Was Christmas. It? Okay. Yeah. I've got a couple more since then. I did my whole stomach. Uh, got underneath my yeah, jaw. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Got my okay. third hand. Um, I think I've gotten a couple other little things. Oh, How's I got that? forgiven over oh, here, yeah? the side of my face. Yeah. How's that jaw jawline feel? That was super comfortable. Really? That was really comfortable. Yeah, it felt like a pressured type of massage under there. It got okay. kind of spicy over here towards the edging when it, when you get closer back towards where the neck meets. Yeah, the jawbone. Jaw. But um, other bad. than and it was. Yeah, I, mean, it was I would imagine that you're in an awkward position for that one. Oh, yeah. Laid completely back, you know, head tilted back yeah. as far as get it. Yeah. What about the one on the side of your on the side of your <laughs> head? Did you have to wear like a earplug or something to like kind of lay there and just let them? Yeah, just let it happen. Did it feel <laughs> like you had, did it feel like they were like tattooing your eardrum? No, uh, man, for me, most of the time. I would say every time, but maybe four or five that I've been tattooed, I hit a pivotal point where I'm either mentally fed up with trying to deal or cope with the pain, but physically it's not bothering me or physically I'm hurting and mentally I'm overcoming it. Getting the side of my head tattooed was the first time that both of those aspects kind of just had this cataclysmic yeah. car crash, so to speak. And they were like, I don't know what's going on. Do you <laughs> like it was it was really, really weird for the body to process that one for me. Yeah, it didn't feel like getting a tattoo at all. It was. It was a different sensation that I don't think my body was was ready mentally or physically mm -hmm. to try to disperse and, and figure out what to do with. Did you have to take breaks or did you power through? I just went straight through it. It was about three and a half hours. Because mm -hmm. I have found that it's, it's natural to say, hey, let's take a break. When you take a break and you kind of lose that adrenaline rush and you kind of come down, getting restarted, it like it amplifies the pain. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because you kind of ghost your body out at that moment and your body kind of takes it as a second to breathe. Um, Miles, uh, you know, the guy that owns the shop, he's he's made a reference before that it's like boxing. You know? And if you're you walk into the ring the first round, you're just getting absolutely destroyed. And then you go over in the corner for 30 seconds to take some water and a break and for your coach to tell you like, Hey, uh, you're not going to win, but just jump back in there. And, uh, <laughs> that's, that's what taking a break is like in, in tattoo. And you're like, man, I thought we were done. 
I got to go out there and get hit more. Yeah. Yeah. That so, so you said a minute ago, this coming up is your three year anniversary. Yes, sir. Right. You know, you've, <clears throat> you have a history that precedes tattooing. You know, you're actually relatively new to the game, right? Very, like I, I didn't realize it, but I was your first sleeve, the first full sleeve that you completed. Yep. I think you may have been working on some others at that time, but mm-hmm. I'm the first one that you complete, which I think is cool. Like I, I like that. Um, you know, and and I think you've really found a niche in realism. Yeah. Like here, re- I mean, here recently, some of those portraits you've put out. You know, I've been seeing these pictures pop up on Facebook, and I'm like, these are like ridiculous. I appreciate it, man. I got this stuff, yeah. Right. Like, I'm like, I need some of my money back because this stuff is going to an award show. Like, (laughs) I'm where where was that at? No, I'm just kidding. Um, I mean, it's just all of it, you know, the animals, the faces. It's just you can tell that you're from where you started to where you are. In my opinion, I'm not a tattoo expert, but it's faster than what I think I would see with another artist. Yeah, I've I, I heard that a lot. And I have got, a gifting. Yeah, for sure. And I tell everyone on a daily basis, uh, especially whenever, you know, I have newer clients that haven't, you know, gotten the experience of being tattooed by me. That's usually a, another really big question mm-hmm. is, you know, how long have you been doing this? And I always get the surprise look. And the surprised response, like, man, there's no way you're lying. You've had to be, no, no. Um, first and foremost, all glory to God. Uh, I was working at a furniture factory when Miles found me and hadn't drawn anything in almost a decade. So for him to look at me and, you know, I had so a how, how did of- that happen? I was about to say, hold on, time out, time out, time out, time out. Let's, yeah. let's take it's a rewind. <laughs> let's exactly. take a rewind here. Let's 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 elaborate on that aspect of the story here. Like you're working in a furniture store, you have you haven't drew anything in ten years, and then it's like, hey, bro, you want to come tattoo? Like, yeah. So that, that okay, yeah. There's a gap there. Miles um, was desperate. I mean, is <laughs> this like Damascus Road for tattoo artists right now? What's happening? So. There's a uh, there was an old friend of mine I went to high school with. He and I were uh, really good artists in high school. He was always significantly uh, more advanced than I was. And after high school, that was nowhere near my first priority. I had gotten married by that time, had children. And, you know, my first priority was just being a father and a husband. So I just worked and worked and worked and worked. And you guys know how it is with high school friends. You're friends for four years. You go to the same classes, same periods, whatever. And then you see each other at Walmart again, occasionally for the rest of your lives. And uh, my wife and I were out playing soccer tennis. And this guy named Donald, uh, he rolls up to the skate park. And I'm like, man, that looks like Donald because he's always had these long dreads. And uh, so we're just over there playing around and he starts getting a little closer. And I hollered out to him. I was like, man, what's up? I haven't seen you in years. You know, I hope you're doing well. And he was like, yeah, man, I'm actually getting ready to, you know, start apprenticing to be a tattoo artist. And I was like, dude, that's amazing. Let me know whenever you feel like you're ready to tattoo people and I'll be first in line in your chair. Like we go way back. You know, we used to draw on each other in high school. Like it's only right that I get tattooed by you. So uh, and this is 2018. Uh, I got my first tattoo by him slightly before my wife and I got married um, back in October of 18. And uh I went and seen him 
a handful of other times for little things, uh, one here, one there, leading into 2019. And uh, <clears throat> I believe it was like March 16th or 15th of 2019. I came in to get a tattoo with him. I was supposed to have a full day. I walked into the shop and he was like, hey, man, uh, I can't really elaborate on it, but a bunch of stuff happened last night with the shop stuff. And my bosses, meaning Miles and his wife, Summer, uh, he was like, my bosses want me to cancel your all day. Um, I can give you like three or four hours of work. But then after that, they want me to run like a St. Patrick's Day special to make the shop some more money. And I was like, all right, cool. Yeah, no problem. And we get into the tattoo about an hour ish or so. And I just curiosity was killing me. So I was like, man, what happened? You know, that, that you had to cut my session short. And he was like, well, as far as I know right now, he said, Miles had a business partner. There's another shop in Rutherford. And at this point, Miles had also owned a shop in Morganton, North Carolina, which is significantly closer to where I was born and raised in Lenore, North Carolina. And yeah, so Donald says, yeah, you know, Miles originally opened another shop called the Wicked Needle. It's in Rutherfordton. He had a business partner. You know, that whole shop is full. There's artists, there's piercers everything. And last night he found out that his business partner has been going behind his back, opened up a whole new shop and he took all the artists and piercers from that shop with him. Mm -hmm. So overnight, you know, he, he went from business partners with this guy that he thought, you know, loved him. He could trust them. They've been doing this thing together for, you know, 18 years at this point. And he went from two shops, you know, two different locations, all these artists under him to, two shops and nothing other than one apprentice. And, and, and that was in Donald. And uh, I got to thinking, I was like, well, I've met Miles a couple of times up here. He seems like a cool guy and I could definitely use some extra money and they don't have a piercer up here. I, I still, I hadn't drawn in a decade. So tattooing is like, that's nowhere even relatively close to my mind at all. And so I start just talking out loud. I'm like, man, I'm gonna reach out to Miles about piercing up here. And Donald was like, yeah, man, I'll definitely hit him up for you. And I was like, no, you're good. Like, I'll message him myself. So I messaged him. Uh, he read it, immediately messaged me back and said, I want to meet you in person next Friday. So next Friday comes and goes. I get there. And uh, I, I was like, man, I haven't drawn in a decade. And he just threw some pencil and paper out in front of me. And he was like, well, show me what you've got. And uh, I just drew like a rose or something from memory because I used to love to draw roses. And when, when I got done with the, with the drawing, he was like, it's not perfect by any means because we can't obtain perfect. But has anyone ever told you how much potential you have? I was like, no, not, you know, other than your family, but your family's supposed to be your cheerleader. You know, when your mom's like, Marty, you're the smartest <laughs> therapist I've ever seen. <laughs> you know, and. So I was like, no, nah, man, no, nobody's really ever taken the time out of their day or like, you know, swallowed that pride or came into contact with humility to say, hey, man, I appreciate you. You know, you you have a lot of growth and and, and just, you know, uh, a lot of opportunity within you. No one had ever told me that. So I thought heavily about that. And uh, that that particular day, uh, KB, the. Christian hip hop artist that I tattoo a lot now. Um, and we're like really good friends now. He had released a song that same day. It was called hold me back. 
And in the chorus, it said, all 19, they're going to have to hold me back. And I was listening to that song on the way home from leaving the shop that day from meeting Miles. And uh, it just was on repeat. And I just got this bond mentality of like, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to go so hard for this and prove him right that I do have some kind of worth uh, or potential that the only way I'm not going to hit any goal that is laid out in front of me is if someone physically holds me back. So uh, they formally offered me an apprenticeship the second week of April in 2019. They told me that if I was lucky, that I worked hard, that if I was just some kind of prodigy kid that, you know, I would be on the floor tattooing in great hopes by tax time 2020. And uh, by God's grace, I got permitted June 19th, 2019. I was able to quit the furniture factory the third week of July in 2019. I think my last day there was the 13th or 18th. And I had set myself three goals uh, coming into tattooing and I beat all three of those goals in my first week. And I knew that I was where I needed to be. So. Wow. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's a crazy story, man. <laughs> it is. So what was your first thought when you're like, man, I'm, I'm killing it. And then you got this six foot four ponytailed man walking in and he's like, Hey man, I need a, I need, I need some animals going down my arm. Like what's, what's, what's your first thoughts of uh, Marty walking into the shop? So Marty, actually, I don't know if he's told you this or not, or if he's told any of the listeners on the podcast. This, I don't know what you're about to say to see if I'm ready. His, I'm ready. His entire sleeve is an encompassment of him realizing that uh, he liked animals as much as I did. And that yeah. they had an opportunity to tell the story he was wanting to tell. Because when he came in, man, nothing that's on his arm was the original plan. I, 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 don't, I wish you didn't remember that. I remember At we went, my, my wife and I, we go up to the shop and I'm like, this is what I'm thinking. And I, I want to say Ashley or Phil both were like, I don't think that's a great idea. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was something to do with like, <sighs> he wanted a lion. He and wanted then, the two cubs, but he wanted them in a way that it, it had like it was weird or like it, it was it was all over the place. Yeah. And I and respectfully, um, you're trying to Respe- mix respectfully you know, be like my, that's trash. my, my name's my trash. name's on the line here. Phillip's like, my name's on the line. I can't be a part of these shenanigans. <laughs> I'm like, man, I don't I don't think I was like, look, we can we can do whatever you want to. You know, at the end of the day, the customer's always right. And uh, you know something that I've struggled with that I feel like I've found a niche in as well is I require every one of my clients, potential past, whatever the case of current, um, they have to come in and do an in-person consultation with me because one, a lot of people can't really articulate what they want to say in a text message. It's, it's really difficult or a Facebook message, Instagram message, Um, But two, it gives me a chance as an artist because I've learned to have that self-respect for myself and that name. And it gives me an opportunity to really meet that client, see what their openness is, their willingness to change things. Um, Just just out of an aspect of like respect and trust, you know, it's it's really difficult to be an artist and you want to give everybody your absolute best. But when someone looks at all of your page, all of the work that you've, you've put this time in towards. And for me, particularly everything I do is pretty much black and gray and it does tend to lean towards realism. 
So it's not uncommon for a potential client to come in and say, Hey, I've seen your page. Love your work. Um, I just seen this piece by Nico Hurtado, who's an absolute legend. And he, it's like a full back piece. That's all color. It's like avatar and they're jumping out of the tree. And this piece <laughs> has taken him like nine months and probably tens of thousands of dollars. And they're like, I feel like you're the guy for this. Can we do it in an all day session? <laughs> yeah, I am nowhere near your guy. As a matter of fact, um, if you want it in black and gray, we can, you know, try to make some moves that way. But it, it just it gives me an opportunity to really sit down and, and show people the way that the artist's mind works. Um, and which I'm sure you remember, Marty, as you were explaining things. First, one of the first things I do in those consultations is I grab my iPad mm-hmm. and I start grabbing pictures, putting them together, start scheming into a design and showing people that there's flow, there's contrast, there has to be yeah. negative hit points, you know, positive lows. And um, I know for me, and I'm sure this, I mean, I've seen you do consultations during our time together. People come in, we meet for a few minutes and there seems to be this light bulb moment where yeah. you're like, Oh, I got it. Or they, or because you're throwing those pictures together, the person wanting the pieces, Oh, I get it now. Yes. And it's yeah. like it all kind of comes together into a cohesive piece. Absolutely. Because I don't want to be that guy over messages that's like, hey, your idea is trash. Let's do it my way because I'm the artist. You should listen mm-hmm. to me, in my opinion. No, 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 no. You know, I'm, I'm very humbled by being able to have this opportunity to be a part of this community. You know, this thing is centuries old. Um, so just to be here, you know, I the only thing that I've ever tried to give myself as a point of comparison is uh, whoever Philip was yesterday. And that's the only thing that I do. You know, people show me other work all the time. I'm like, man, that's amazing, but it's attainable. And I've learned that confidence that as long as I keep doing what I'm doing and I keep putting my best foot forward, you know, doing my due diligence and studying, taking the time to design, taking the time to actually have these experience and these, these really good conversations with every individual client, it gives them a feel of changing what they perceive is a tattoo experience. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned that really what kind of launched you into this was a friend of yours. You ran into a skate park and then you got some tattoos by him. Were those the first tattoos you'd ever had or did, what was your first ever? Oh, tattoo? Lord. oh yeah, man. Goodness gracious. Let's see. Don't hold back. Cause me and Marty's already, we've already, we've already <laughs> aired our a dirty laundry out about Josh. Tattoos. <laughs> so Josh on a podcast a few weeks ago told us his first ever one was he's got this scripture passage in Hebrew um, in the shape of a cross on like the side of his knee. Oh. <laughs> but here's the, here's the kicker. So yeah. like it's the, the scripture reference is in English. It's like first Corinthians, whatever, whatever it's going across. Well, then the Hebrew is going up and down, right? It was from the Greek part of the, bible yeah so when you're 18 years old (laughs) southern baptist churches don't really tell you that you know new testament is wrote in greek old testament wrote in hebrew and i was just kind of like yeah we'll just get in hebrew and then i took it to the shop and the guy this was this should be my first time the guy was like oh man yeah i took it to a couple hebrew classes in school this is not exactly what it says let me rewrite it for you so he redid the hebrew based off of his two courses that he had in college so yeah there's literally no telling what my leg says <laughs> luckily it covers most of it up but yeah and see that's 
that's I'm, I'm glad that you said that in that way, because one, it's, it's a testament to how far tattooing has come. Um, and two, it's a testament to really what I'm trying to do in, in, in this new uh, this new wave of tattooing is, uh, again, I want to change that tattoo experience. So I spend that extra time being knowledgeable. I spend that extra time doing research, educating yeah. myself. Cause I don't want to be that guy that is like, Oh yeah, dude, I took some Hebrew. Courses. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to be blasted yeah. on a podcast. Well, it's like the difference, like just because it says it's a tattoo shop, not all tattoo shops are the same. Oh Lord. Right. No. Just like you can walk into May May's over here and you can get a massage. Yeah. But you might also get some cocaine. Right. Yeah. And then there's these high end places that treat you really, really well. And, um, and, and it's a totally different experiences, right? Like you can get a massage at both, but it's not the same. And I feel like Wicked Needle is that. They try to set the bar for a small town tattoo operation at a very high level. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Um, so going back to the first tattoo question. Yeah, what was your first? 14 years ago. Um, well, let's see, 19, 19 and three would be 22. 19 years ago, my granny died uh, mm. in 03. And uh, so 14 years ago, I had a friend of a friend whose cousin tattooed at their house. And that's what uh, I'm talking about. the friend of a yeah. friend, man, that's that's a good start. That's yeah. a good start. <laughs> so here I am in high school. I'm a sophomore. And uh, I was like, you know what? I like to draw and I think tattoos are cool. So I'm going to get a tattoo for my granny because she's passed away now and you know she was really really important to me and I pitched the idea to my mom and uh, my mom was like I'm game I'll take you to get it so she takes me to get it and I get my very first tattoo on the top of my shoulder here it's a set of praying hands has her name birth date death date all that good stuff above it some clouds under it and some sun rays um it is an absolute horrendous tribute to my granny like it, oh, is man. it is garbage but i will never get it touched up i'll never get it fixed or covered because it means that much to me yeah uh, and even though it's not the best tattoo that it could have ever been it's the best that he could have done for me and I, I just keep it as like a sentimental thing but uh no actually when i graduated high school i think i had 18 or 19 tattoos at that time uh by the time that donald started tattooing me in 18 2018 into 2019 i think i was pushing close to 40 um i'm over 130 now i mean so, how do you, okay you, you're an artist uh you're yeah. a profession tell me this people ask me this a lot is on my tattoo like how do you count a sleeve because so say so how many tattoos do you have well i have three if an entire sleeve is one yeah like how do you do you just say i have two tattoos and a sleeve like how do i answer that question yeah, I mean, some people prefer to uh, refer to their count as like total body coverage. Um, Miles does that. You know, somebody's like, man, how tatted are you? And he's like, I like 70% of my body, which is pretty fair given that it's like the back of his legs are open to a degree, like just his thighs, just the backs of his thighs, uh, his stomach, lower back, and his chest isn't completely full. So by the time he gets those things done, he'll be like sitting at hundred percent of his body, having something on it. Mm -hmm. um, I've gotten to that point now too, to where if somebody says, 
man, how many do you have? I know my exact number. I know how many times I've been in the chair. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have an exact number on hours of, of time, but everything from a boxer brief line to my ankle is covered on my legs. Everything from my fingers to my shoulders is covered on my arms. My whole chest and stomach are done. And my front of my throat is done. The only thing that's not covered right now is my back. Mm-hmm. So that's usually have- how I do it. Are you saving that for the colorful avatar jumping out of trees? Or- <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Um, I'm saving that one for a really special rendition of Joseph in the Coat of Many Colors. Okay. Um, it's it's never been done before. I've, I've Googled it. I've wikipedia did it. I've <laughs> Nobody's ever done this tattoo before, but, uh, you know, the Bible has a lot of references and messaging and, and verses and chapters that, you know, preachers can preach on every Sunday and, you know, arguably 40% of people there are like, man, I've been going through that myself all week. And that's why the Bible's so timeless because it, it just continues to become relative and stay relative. Uh, to everyday life and everyday struggles that we all face. But I feel like the the story of Joseph, the betrayal of his brothers, um, the doubts that he faced, you know, being in slavery and then feeling like he was going to get out of slavery to being betrayed again and lied upon, uh, you know, when uh, the the head of the guard, you know, said that or the head of the guard's wife was, you know, accusing him of uh, making sexual advances. So then they threw him in prison and, you know, he just, he stayed so fervently true to God and through slavery, through betrayal, through prison, through, and I feel like all of us can relate to those things about being betrayed, feeling like we're held captive, feeling like we're stuck in these prisons, whether it's through, um, you know, mental health, um, depression, anxiety, or, you know, a lack of self-worth. Um, as long as we can stay true to what we know God has promised us. And, and we may not see it on this earth, but we know the glories of, of, of heaven and the, the blessings that await us there. Um, you know, this man ended up being second control in all of Egypt mm-hmm. and he returned home and he forgave everyone. You know, they were scared, shaking in their boots. Like, Oh man, he's so powerful. He's, he's, he's going to come back and he's going to kill us or he's going to throw us in prison. He's like, no, you know, thank you even. You know, you, you, you helped strengthen me and strengthen my faith in, in Christ. So there's a way that I want to design that for myself. And uh, I feel like everybody can stick to that message of never giving up, never losing faith. Yeah. I think there's a valuable lesson here too. And I, and I think there's a verse in that passage that says what you meant for harm, God meant for good. Yeah. There's something powerful about having that perspective of no matter how hard it is, it's redeemable. It is, you know, there's nothing that you face that can't be redeemed, whether on this side of eternity or that side. Yeah. Redemption is always possible. Yeah. So, man, that's awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, when it comes to tattoo artists and, you know, a lot of people have a perspective of what a tattoo artist is or what they are, what they look like, what they they're their behaviors, you know, things like that. People ha- already have this like skewed perspective of that, but you've already mentioned earlier about um, like how faith was important to you. You gave us a great message about, you know, the Joseph and the coat of colors and what it meant to you. Like what, what exactly has faith meant to you in the sense of um, being in the tattoo community? Like, has that been 
easy, rough, impactful, like, and then just kind of just talk, talk to us a little bit about that. Okay. Um, in terms of easy or rough, uh, I, I, I tell everybody, this is just kind of my own, uh, cognitive description of, of, of what faith is for me, man, having faith in, in Christ is such an, it's, it's just such a fallback, right? It's such a safety net. And I love that aspect of it. Um, not in the aspect of like, oh, I can go commit a murder and there's redemption. I love it for the aspect of when people ask me, you know, hey, man, how are you feeling? Are you tired? You know, is all this too much? Have you grown too fast? Um, you know, how do you handle these life changes? You know, moving your family from city to city and kind of like uprooting, starting over. How do you handle all of the environments that you've been allowed to be in and I can just shrug my shoulders and say, I don't know, it's God. And because I don't, I, and I, I've grown very comfortable with not having an answer for people in that. Um, something that I do is uh, I pray before every tattoo. It's generally the same prayer. Uh, sometimes I'll add some other things to it, but, um, and uh, to kind of solidify that, I actually got a, Bible verse tattooed on my right hand, because that's the hand that I tattoo with. It's first Corinthians 1031. And um, it says, you know, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do for the glory of God. And um, that kind of stems off of uh, going back to KB. And uh, his, his, his big brand name is HGA. It stands for his glory alone. And um, I feel like as long as what I'm doing and I give God the glory for it. I feel like there's no way that I can fail in it to begin mm. with. But uh, here in the past couple months, it's really came full circle for me. And there's a pastor slash speaker that was out on the winter gym tours named Zane Black. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of him or not. Um, he broke it down so simple. And I, I, I love that aspect of, of the Christian faith too, because it is so simplistic. Like, God says, move, move. And we as humans are like, I mean, did you mean like to the left or to the right? <laughs> Bro, just move, just, just go, just do something. And we start playing the hokey pokey over here. Yeah. And we're like, I mean, which way am I supposed to go? Jesus? Like, you know, I'm, I mean, there is a bush there and he's like, all right, we'll just, you know, set that bush on fire. How about that? Now there's no bush. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, man, he broke it down so simple for me because I was just going through this. It, it there's, there's been plenty of moments, especially the winter jam opportunity. Um, if anyone breathing would have told me two and a half years ago when I'm pulling fabric, Hey man, two and a half years from now, you're going to be a tattoo artist, but you're also going to be like best friends with KB. And you're also going to go out on tour with him and you're going to tattoo him and Colton Dixon and Zane Black and all of their bands and countless other people. And you're going to have a chance to really be impactful for these people. Uh, you're also going to be a bridge because there's going to be people on this tour that haven't spoken to each other, but because you're here and they see that Joe over here has an interest in tattoos. Now Tom wants to talk to Joe because now they have something in common and now they can have a conversation. The ice has been broken. Now they can share their testimonies and now you've created a friendship. And I, I, I would have been like, you're crazy. You're crazy. Um, and 
you know, just explaining some of these things that I went through in question, he just asked me the simple question, do you believe in God? I said, yeah, man, I do. And he said, well, to believe in God is to believe that God created everything. And that's another beautiful aspect of Christianity. Everything that we see has been created solely for the purpose. And it's, it's our free will that we can use it to glorify God. So at some point, sometime when God was creating this beautiful and perfect world, he knew that he was going to give us the intelligence to create art in this way. It's always been at our discretion, whether or not we choose to use it to glorify him. And when he said that to me, it was just like, boom, you know, Eureka light bulb moment. Okay. I am in the right spot. I am doing what I need to be doing. Um, So, because and, and to be fair, as a two tattoo artist, in as much as me as a therapist, we we run into a lot of people that are looking for answers, yeah, or have been through experiences that are painful, memorable, right? Like so, you're in a position that a lot of people might judge you even for. But the reality is, is you're running with people that need you, that need to hear your story, <laughs> need to hear your faith, as much as anybody. Yeah, absolutely. And I I think that um, this is a personal opinion, of course. I think that the church in general, um, you know, plays a little into a political factor at those points. Uh, I just tattooed a pastor um, a couple of weeks ago. And at the end of the tattoo, he was like, man, it looks great. It's beautiful. But if you post it, don't tag me. Yeah because there's some elders in my church and, you know, some board members and things of that nature um, that I'm just going to kind of keep this under wraps. And that's why I didn't want it to come down below my shirt. And I completely understand. I completely respect it, but, but it makes you a little bit mad, doesn't it? it, Well, but it, it just kind of gave me a skewed version. And I think back to these other people that are like me, that are tattooed, that are pierced, that as mm-hmm. soon as they walk through the church doors, the one place where we should feel no persecution, we walk in and we're immediately labeled. We're mm-hmm. immediately, you know, nobody's jumping at the brim to be like, hey, yeah. come sit with me. Come sit with me. Let me talk to you. And there's a, this entire demographic, especially being here in the South, because we're raised in the Bible Belt, that if you're pierced, you know, on your face and, and, and you're tattooed on your hands, uh, you might as well just burn your Bible. Yeah. And you are condemned to hell. But there's this that entire demographic is so lost. And that was one of the big monumental things for me that I got the realization of was tattooing somebody like KB was fantastic. That was amazing. I would have never dreamt of doing anything like that. But the fact that one person out there seeing someone like him, who's a prominent Christian figure, internationally known his music has impact reaches i'll never see but someone out there seeing him get a tattoo Mm -hmm. and it made them think wow maybe there is a chance that god does Mm -hmm. still love me maybe i still can also to acquire salvation yeah and at that point you know jesus says he'll always leave the 99 for the Mm one so if we've said you have that tattoo too, the 91 for the one hundred. Yeah. 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 And that, you know, it's somewhere that I can see every day. So I remind myself, even when I get lost, I know, I know how rejoiceful heaven is when he 
just scoops me back up whenever he puts me right back on that same path. And um, I, I, I take a lot of responsibility with that and, and discerning how to speak to my clients, um, what advice I can give them. And like you said earlier, you know, all these things that God puts us through, they're all redeemable. You know, what, what you meant for bad, God, God meant for glory. And um, man, I'm so thankful now for all of the things that I've been through because being in this position and having this kind of power of ministry, because these people do come to you looking for answers. They want this kind of ink therapy is what a lot of people refer to mm-hmm. it as and taking on that responsibility and shouldering it to know how important you have the opportunity to be in their lives. That's something that's helped me change how I want to shape and change that future experience of getting a tattoo. You know, I think what you literally, what you just said embodies a whole like <laughs> title of tattoos in Jesus. Like that was like when we first came up, when we first were talking, me and Marvin were first talking about a podcast, we were like, man, what is, what is something that, church and culture kind of collide like it it was and we both have tattoos so i mean it was kind of easy but it's just that that concept of how the church sometimes views things with tattoo being one of those things and looks at it in a just a kind of just kind of like a condemning way or skewed way yeah to where it's just like it, it makes no sense compared to what you know, Jesus actually lived his life like, like, you know, he just, and, and so like, I wish we could just use that clip anytime anybody asks us, you know, what is, what is tattoos and G- tattoo and Jesus? Just flip, go to episode 50, all right, listen <laughs> yep. through and you'll get you'll a good get grasp you'll of get what we were, what we were reaching That's for right. when we, with that episode. Absolutely. So um, you- I'm trying to find this one verse that uh, Zane Zane shared with me. It's in Revelation. And I'm trying to remember if it's uh it's Revelations nine. Um it it's in the it's 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 the verse and, and the chapters of uh where you get the imagery of, of Christ coming back. Mm-hmm. Um but it, it says in those in those verses, I, I can't find the exact one right now. Um but he, he brought it up and he was like, just something for you to chew on. He says in Revelations, when it's talking about Christ coming back and it's giving you this image of him riding the white horse, he has the robe um, out of his mouth as a sword that he uses to cut down sin, all these things. It says specifically written on his robe and his thigh, Lord of Lord, King of Kings. Yeah. And he was like, you know, the Bible is very specific. And, and how it words things. So, so we saying Jesus is tatted it, up. Why, why would it say written specifically upon his robe? Yeah. And just by. Yeah. I'm just saying just to redeem my first tattoo. That's the reason I got it on my knee. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Just to yeah, redeem. Hey, there we go. That's, that, <laughs> that's It's on my, it's technically on my. When we thigh, say, okay? when we say it's that all things thigh. are redeemable, there's a couple of exceptions. Look, yeah. it's on my You're, thigh. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't worry. I will find that verse and I will use that from the rest for the rest Maybe of my time. Like it's like loosely in Hebrew too. Yeah, yeah. He's coming back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't so, take a picture of this and Google translate it, but this is what it says, I promise. All right. So you keep you keep tickling on this. He said it a minute ago. I I can't have to know. 
you've had this awesome opportunity recently to be connected to KB, the Winter Jam guys. You've kind of touched on it. What the heck, man? How did little old Philip from Lenore, North Carolina, you playing with big dogs now? How did this happen? What is the deal here? So, first and foremost, God, for sure, because that's the only way. And there's that fallback, you know, it's like, I don't know, man, it's yeah. God. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the way I want you to say started, the same thing next week when another podcast is like, how did you get on TNJ? How did you yeah. get on tattoo? You can be like, it's a God thing, man. Yeah. It's a God. Yeah. <laughs> All these things are, are, are coming to, yeah. together. To, Winter Jam, to, Tattoos to and Jesus, we're right there. Yeah, side man. by side, especially with this In, new logo we got. I mean, yeah. geez. <laughs> so going back to my first year of tattooing, uh, 2019, uh, we got close to December. And at this point, um, I'm making the best money I've ever made in my life. Um, you know, I'm just trying to be stewardful and just making sure that I'm doing the right things. And uh, one of the biggest aspects that we wanted to do that year for Christmas, uh, because my wife's birthday is December the 6th, was we wanted to just focus on the kids. You know, yeah, uh, the past, the, the couple of years prior to this opportunity and, and this blessing that, that God's given us, uh, those, those few years were pretty rough. My wife was out of work due to some head injuries. Um, she suffered severe memory loss to the point that we were working together every day with colored sticky notes uh, to remind her of how to crank her vehicle, um, how to remember to take her parking brake off, uh, things of that nature. Um, I lost my vehicle or she lost her vehicle in an accident and um, I acquired a bicycle uh, by cutting a couple of my neighbor's yards from borrowing a lawnmower because I didn't have one. And uh, I would ride that bicycle seven miles to work uh, every day at the furniture factory. And uh, so there was a couple of years there and, you know, I was coming off of a divorce and, and things like that. So my, my children struggled and, and felt that burden of struggle alongside us. And uh, so that first year we're just like, man, we're going all out, you know, and we're going to be very specific in that these gifts came from us. They didn't come from Santa. They didn't come from anyone else. They came from us. And uh, when we got done with everything, we were just kind of looking around like, man, what are, what do you want to do for Christmas for each other? Like just a gift for ourselves. And I was like, I don't know. Like right now I have everything I could ever ask for and I don't really need or want for anything. As soon as we got off the phone, I pulled up Instagram and one of the first things that I see is a picture of KB like jumping on this stage and there's this big signage up behind him that says HGA. And I was like, I think he's performing. Like, is he? So I called my wife back. I'm like, Hey, can you figure out if KB's like on a, on a concert thing? I didn't even know that they were called tours. I had never been to a concert in my life. And wow. so she finds out that he's on tour with the winter extreme conference and that December 28th or 29th, they have a show in Pigeon Forge, uh, Gatlinburg. It's like three hours from us in the morning. And I was like, let's do that. Let's go to my first concert together. And you know, what better way to break it in than go to CKB, my favorite artist. So we look up the tickets and I'm like, man, no expense spared. Like, let's get the backstage access, do the whole nine yard type thing. Da, 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 da. The tickets, even at the highest level for us together, I think they were like 180 bucks. Um, so we we get up there and uh, we go in an hour early. There's supposed to be like a Q&A thing. We get to pick our own seats. 
So we're sitting dead middle of the, uh, the arena there, three rows back. And this guy comes out on stage and he's like, hey, what's up? You know, y'all are the platinum pass holders. Um, hey, here in just a minute, artists are going to come out for your Q&A. Here's some rules. Don't ask them to sign nothing. Don't ask for pictures. Don't ask them for their phone numbers. Don't ask them for their addresses or where they live. Uh, you know, just respect their time. They're only going to be out here for 15 minutes. Um, you know, they have very strict schedules and everything has to run smoothly for this tour and this concert for everybody to be able to enjoy it. You know, we hope you guys have a great night, et cetera, et cetera. I immediately am like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I paid $180 to talk to this man from like 50 feet away. Really? No pictures, no signing, nothing. Wow. Okay. Uh, and uh, he comes walking out on stage, grabs a mic from somebody else and points dead at me. He's like, hey, bro, you got my shirt on. So I stand up and I'm like, hey, I got your shirt on. And uh, it was just an immediate realization of like, man, there's something there. And uh, so we get done with the Q&A, general doors open. This family sits behind us. Husband stands up and he's letting his wife and a couple of daughters come in and he looks down. He said, bro, where did you get that shirt? I said, I got it from his website. He was like, man, I wish I could order from there. The shipping time's just so long. I would have never gotten it in time for the show. Da, 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 da. I'm like, yeah, man, me too. I ordered it weeks ago. He was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's awesome. He said, uh, I was like, well, I, I like your shirt. Where'd you get yours? If you didn't order it from the, from this, from the store online. He said, well, there's a merch table out, out in the front lobby. I was like, what? He said, yeah. <laughs> At this point, people are starting to realize like this, this dude right here has never been to a concert. Yeah. Like his yeah. Idea, he got sneaky. Yeah. Like, My man does not know. <laughs> yeah. I'm like a merch table. So I go out, I go outside. They direct me to where the merch table is. I walk up to the merch table. I'm the first person in line. There's a guy standing there that's still like getting it set up and everything. He turns around. He's like, hey, man, how can I help you? <clears throat> I'm like, is all this for sale or is, you know, some of it display or he was like, no, nah, man, if you see it, you can buy it. I'm like, cool, cool, cool. Uh, so I want every hoodie and a medium for my wife, every long sleeve, every T-shirt and a medium for my wife. Double that up to a large for me. Everything. Um, are these necklaces for sale, too? He's like, yeah, I'm like, well, let me get all three of those. Uh, a couple of these signed CDs. I'll, I'll hand some of these out when I get back home. By this time, there's a line behind me, and everybody's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, first concert. This man's yeah. flexing concert. right now. He's like, "It got, <laughs> cost me 180 to get time. in, but I'm about to spend 1,080." Yes, easy. I was like, "Man, I'm all in. I don't care. I've been saving up. I've been working like crazy. It's my first concert. I'm here to have just the best time of my life." And so the guy's like, "Are you sure?" I'm like, "Yeah." So he reaches up, grabs one of the first hoodies, pulls it down. And behind the hoodie was a piece of paper that said VIP meet and greet $100 plus two, two free T-shirts. So essentially you were paying for the T-shirts and you got a signed CD. And then, yeah. So I see that and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> What's up with that? And he's like, exactly what it says. Like VIP meet and greet. I'm like, well, the, the, the past said that too. And I thought yeah. <laughs> either way. So is this like a meet and greet, shake a hand, get a picture, get something signed, meet and greet? He's like, yes, for sure. I'm like, all right, well, let me get two of those passes for me in my life. And he's like, no, um, the, 
you have you have spent enough. I'll talk to KB. He'll be fine with it. You can just come up after the show. So then I kind of got like defensive. I was like, oh, you're you are just gonna go talk to him. You're just gonna go talk to KB. That's how this is gonna happen. He's like, yeah, man, I'm his road manager. I'm like, oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, Let like, me introduce I'm, myself. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, let's step back for a second. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't disrespect tag. you next time. My I, don't bad. Know if, I don't know if concerts work like that. Like, man, yeah. <laughs> they come out on stage just like KB, KB manager. <laughs> so, fast forward, you know, we get done at the show. Everything's great, man. Loved it. Beautiful energy. And first concert I ever got to see for King and Country afterwards. They were absolutely amazing. Their show is like the Super Bowl halftime performance. It is nuts. And uh, so we go upstairs. There's on, only a handful of people in front of us. Everybody's walking in the room and he's shaking everyone's hand. He's like, hello. Hey, how are you, brother, sister? Thank you for coming. God bless you. And my wife and I come in kind of rounding out the back. We're just like the last ones. And as soon as we walk in, he kind of throws his hands up and he's like, hey, hey, I know you. You the dude with the with the real cool off-white Jordans on. You got my shirt on. You came in here, hair all braided up. I used to have braids back then. And he was like, man, come here, dog. And he just like, you know, dapped me up. Like he had known me for years. And, uh, you know, did the same thing with my wife. And we all stand back in this little semicircle. He goes around asking everybody how his music has influenced them, things of that nature. I give him the tattoo story spill about how his song has been there. His music's always been there for me as a father and a husband. I feel like his music really stands apart in the Christian hip hop community world because of how prominent he chooses to remind men like, hey, you're a man. So be a man. You know, you're a husband, you're a father, you're a child of God. Be a man, take your responsibility, do other things that you need to do. And I give him this spiel and he's like, dude, that's amazing. That's that's just awesome. And uh, so he goes around the room again and uh, takes pictures of people, signs some stuff. And lo and behold, we're last in the room again. So he's like, so you're a tattoo artist. I'm like, yes, sir. He said, man, I've never met a Christian tattoo artist ever. I was like, wow. He said, yeah. He said, uh, let me see some of your work, man. And at this point, I'd done some stuff on my wife's arm. And uh, it's like a jaguar, a tiger, and some other things. And he looked at her arm and he said, you've been doing this for six months? And I was like, yes, sir. He was like, bro. Uh, where are you out of? I was like, North Carolina. He was like, okay. All right. He was like, well, the best thing I can think to do at this point is uh, I'm going to follow you on Instagram. And that way, the next time I'm in North Carolina, I'm going to hit you up and I'm going to come to your shop and I'll get this tattoo I've been wanting for a few years. I'm going to come to you for it. How about that? And we just stayed in contact over the That's past And COVID happened. And then we went out. I went out on the first winter jam with him last year in May. I tattooed him as drummer Mo, uh, Deshaun. And then uh, Miles and I went to another show of his in Alabama in May as well of last year. Uh, we tattooed all the guys of the crew again. There was a special story there. There's a lady whose son had died years beforehand, and she's just been struggling with, with wanting to get this tattoo of his signature. And uh, she had somebody bring the last Mother's Day card he had gotten for her up there. And we were able to tattoo her and share that moment with her. And um, everything just kind of started staying full circle. I got to go to Nashville last year, hang out with all the guys in Nashville. They kind of brought me into their little world and showed me around the town for a day or two. And then 
the next thing I knew, I was at the Dove Awards uh, last year in October and uh, got to do like the whole red carpet thing with those guys. And you that got was, the best Christian probably, tattoo artist of the year, right? Is that the Dove yeah, yeah, I mean, it's crazy, man. Uh, KB actually won best best album of the year. Um, so that was that was really a, a, amazing. <laughs> and then after that, there was a Reach Records kickback party uh, that I was invited to. And I got to meet Lecrae. And uh, Lecrae actually, before the end of the night, he grabbed me by my shirt and was like, how you go act like you ain't hot? And he had my Instagram pulled up because KB was showing him some of my work. And uh, he was like, man, this is this is fire, bro. Like, I didn't know KB had it like that. And KB's like, oh, yeah, we hey, he don't even know it yet. But we fit to go out on tour next year and I'm saving a bump for him. I'm going to get him hooked up with everybody. And I'm like, what is going on with my life right now? Yeah. Like, what is even life? You know, it's, it, it's, it's been such a blessing, man, to, to meet these people and, and get those, those, uh, those, those connections and, and have, have all these guys around you that are constantly reminding you of a word that you didn't even think you had for yourself. That's right. Man, what a story. Plot twist. Philip Holland. the avatar guy. The most most famous man we didn't even know we knew. It's crazy, man. It's just been fun. Dude, this is – I love this interview, dude. I appreciate it so much. And the crazy thing is, is so – I'm not going into my whole story here, but, like, when I decided to to get to sleep, right, there was a huge – it was family related. It was, it was me coming to terms with the fact that I was, my family was not there to serve me. I am here to serve my family. Um, And I use this idea of a, of a lion, which we see in scripture and C.S. Lewis talks about, about how God is this lion. Like he is both tender, but he is fierce. Right. And that's who I want to be for my family. There's this image of God, but then anyway, there's this whole thing. What's funny is a lot of people are like, are you a cat guy? Like, no, I'm an imagery guy. (laughs) Yeah, and it carries the imagery. I, mean, I hate cats. But uh, and so when I was looking for an artist, somebody said, you need to check out Wicked Needle because I'm up near the North Carolina line. And so a lot of people head up there and uh, and I started looking and I just found your Facebook and I saw that, like, your work was infused, infused with your faith. Yeah. And like that immediately clicked with me because I was like, I want somebody that can catch the heart of what I'm saying. Right. I can go find an artist that can do ball and work. Right. Yeah. Like you can go find somebody that can do a fantastic work, but it doesn't mean they can connect with it. Exactly. Right. For them, it's just a piece. And there was something about when I saw Phil's work, I was like, not only does I think his skill is something worthy of my skin, right. Something I could be proud of at the same time. Like, I feel like I can connect with him. And, yeah. um, and, and, and then it's so cool as I've gotten to know you and seen this whole thing kind of blow up. Right. Cause I mean, I like some of your posts every now and then, but like, I really follow you. Yeah. Right? Like I'm like, dude, that's my guy. Like, you know, he's going to be like <clears throat> hitting up Shaquille O'Neal one day <laughs> and, and Shaq's like, I want to sleeve. Is this your first? He goes, no, there's this dude named Marty. <laughs> dude named Marty. That, that was my first sleep, you know, but, yep. and so it's just been so cool to do that. And so as we move to wrap up uh, this, the recording, I wanted to show you, so this is episode 50 um, at the beginning of the show. We, we let the, the, crowd know the people the listeners know that we're dropping a new logo right but you Mm -hmm. haven't seen it yet and so i just want to screen share and show you the new logo because you're an artist right like you're a tattoo artist and i kind of as long as don't don't bust our egos here 
and and be like, that's save the your save thing. your honest opinions for well, after the recording. Basically, our, <laughs> probably not looking at it right now, but I mean, you've seen our first logo, <clears throat> the circle. It's blue. It says tattoos and Jesus. Yeah. So I'm a I'm a see if I can screen share right now. Um, which no pressure, no pressure, no yeah, no pressure at all. <laughs> no pressure. Um, it's just you know. And let me see. Oh, right. there we go. Right, what are you okay. seeing? What are you seeing? I'm just seeing you browse and files right now. Yeah. Let me, let me, I thought you me, already had it. Just, I do have it. Let me pull it up real quick. Um, <laughs> let me see. Where did I put it? Here it is. Get it open. Photos. All right. All right. Are we good? We, I got this thing popping now. Okay. So let me screen share this thing. Share. Boom. Oh, that's sick. What do you think? I like that. All right. Like so that. let me highlight something in it. You see the microphone? It has a hidden T and a J in it. I see that. You see that? Yep. Finally, somebody who sees the T and the J. We've showed this to so many people. They're yeah. Like, and we have to oh, point that's the T and a J. And I'm like, yeah, that's so this well, is going to yeah. be the new logo moving forward. Hopefully it carries us for a while. We don't we're not trying to switch logos for a while, but we wanted to get something that I feel like takes us to that next level. And this is what we kind of came up with. So do you yep. approve? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. man. That's, yeah, that's, that's very short, very modern. I like it a yeah. lot. Shout out. Shout out to Zane. Zane Moyer. For the for the That's logo, right. Zane. So one of one off. of these days, when Josh and I get the guts up, we're probably going to call you to get that logo tattooed on us somewhere. Thank um, you. But anyway, all right, man. We've got to wrap up the interview. Our time is short. You've been more than gracious with your time to give us a you know just a full picture into your life, what you do, anything else. If people want to get in touch with you, if people want to follow you you know, plug yourself. What do they need to do to go see your work and to learn about what you're going to be doing? Uh, there's, you know, there's a good bit of it on uh, Facebook, but I've kind of mulled over that uh, process of, of social media platforms and just trying to educate myself on like uh, publicity algorithms and, mm -hmm. and what works the best for social standards. Um, and Instagram is, is hands down probably the best way. Uh, okay. So the Instagram is wicked spade 16. Um, so anyone is, you know, welcome to follow me on there. It's a, it's a public profile. You don't have to get approved or anything like no. that. Um, they can message me directly. And I have like a general response form that is uh, pre-filled out. It's, it's, it's typed out. It has all the information on how to book and, and what to do, what not to do. Uh, it highlights all those things yeah. that I always send back to everyone. It lets them know when I've will be able to get back to them, you know, during business hours, mm -hmm. um, trying to make sure that I keep my time off, off and actually, you know, yeah. <clears throat> stay out and of you, the ground. And you do do a great job communicating in, in relative quick time, even though you're booked out. Yeah. A ways. Like if I wanted to schedule a tattoo with you today, what, what are we looking at? How far? Uh, weekdays, second week of August, uh, Saturdays, October. Yeah. So your year is coming to a close and it's only March. Yeah because of the quality because of the demand and yeah. so that's that's so wicked spade 16 on instagram is the best way to track your work see what it's about and if they want to get involved get on the books that's the best way to contact you yes sir absolutely so, well listen man i really appreciate it uh, yeah, so much sure. 
Josh and I were ta- talking earlier, just on conversations that we've had, I'd love to get you back. Um, yeah, absolutely. For other reasons, right? Like if, if you're willing to, like just the conversation we've had about race, racism, what does that look like? How does that play out? Your experience yeah. with that, um, just from the story of your life. And so I, th- I think that would be fascinating as well. So hopefully in the future, we can reconnect um, on this platform, if not in the chair. Yeah, absolutely, man. Prayerfully. And uh, thank you guys definitely for, for the opportunity. This is my first time being on a podcast. So I, I was, I was really excited um, and definitely want to give a shout out to um, uh, my brother, Miles. Um, you know, I, I don't know if he'll ever hear this podcast or not, but to him and his wife, Summer, you know, I, I tell him as often as I possibly can, um, you know, cause the Bible talks about giving people their flowers and um, man, they, just seeing that little bit of, of potential in me, you know, mm-hmm. you guys definitely changed my life. I love y'all. I'm forever thankful and grateful. Um, shout out to my wife, my, my, my kids, you know, my, my biggest inspiration, motivation, um, all glory to God, you know, huge thanks to KB, his whole team, Sam, Deshaun, Mo, all those guys that have done so much to help push this in a direction that we can really start to look at some things that are, Happen. We're actually going to Nashville at the end of this month. Uh, we rented out an Airbnb because a lot of those guys on that tour didn't get a chance to get tattooed. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're going to host like a private event for them in Nashville here in a couple weekends as well. So the year's looking up, man. And uh, I, I just I just think, you know, you being a client, being a faithful and loyal client um, and just thankful for it all, man. Man, wonderful. Well, again, thank you so much best interview for episode 50 i think we could have chosen and so thank you so much for that and that's a wrap tnj guys and so until next time when we jump into the second half heading to 100 um y'all behave yourselves see y'all holla thanks for joining us on another episode of tnj don't forget to check out the links to any of our guests in the show description and check out tattoosandjesus.org for additional show information or to submit your questions comments or curse words